0: Welcome to Reinventing Professionals, a podcast hosted by industry analyst Ari Kaplan, which shares ideas, guidance, and perspectives from market leaders shaping the next generation of legal and professional services. This is Ari Kaplan, and I'm speaking today with John Tobin, a lawyer and the founder of Counsel for Creators, which is a Los Angeles-based law firm that works with clients in the arts, entertainment, software development and other sectors and offers a legal subscription model to make the law accessible for small businesses. Hi, John, how are you?
1: I'm great. How are you doing today, Ari?
0: I'm doing really well. I'm looking forward to catching up. So tell us about your background and the genesis of Council for Creators.
1: Before being a lawyer, I was a designer and software developer. So when I went to law school and became a lawyer, I knew that's the area of law that I wanted to work in. I knew that I wanted to help people who are starting businesses or doing creative work use the law better. So that's why I started Council for Creators. And then what happened along the way is we developed the subscription program. And this was something that we've used to make the law accessible to businesses who before if they tried to hire a lawyer it was expensive or intimidating or just not user-friendly so that's what we've been trying to fix with our law firm
0: who are your typical clients and what are their common legal needs
1: we have a wide range of clients I mean, we have clients who are artists so that can be everything from fine artists to muralists to musicians to graphic designers architects entertainment people tech companies, it really runs a pretty wide gamut. But what they all have in common typically is they're companies that are trying to build a strong brand and they're companies that have some sort of creative element to what they do. So they're creating something new, whether that's software, whether that's books, whether that's some sort of online course or new product that they're putting out. And so we help them understand, okay, what's the legal framework that you need to have set up to make all of that work really well?
0: What prompted you to begin offering a legal subscription program?
1: We started our law firm with a traditional model of either hourly billing or, in some cases, flat fee billing. And we still do a lot of flat fee billing. But one of the things that we noticed is a lot of people would have a lot of side questions, a lot of little questions that kept coming up. So rather than be like, "Okay, we're going to bill you every time you have a question or want to talk to us, we said, "Okay, let's figure out a way that we can make it where people pay a monthly fee. And then if they need to talk to us about something, they can just pick up the phone and call. And the reason why I noticed around that time, people would hesitate to call us or hesitate to call any lawyer because their first concern was, I don't know how much it's gonna cost. I don't know how much I'm gonna be billed for that conversation. So let me see if I can figure it out myself. And then you'd fast forward six months and they have this major problem that they have to spend a lot of money to fix. So I wanted to help people get proactive by taking away that barrier of having to worry about billing.
0: So what are the ultimate advantages of a legal subscription program?
1: So what it really does and what it's done for us and for our clients is it's helped us focus on the relationship. So rather than it be a transactional thing of, I need you to do something, please do it and pay us for it, once one joins, They're someone who we're looking, how can we help this person long-term? How can we help this person on an ongoing basis rather than just on a one-off thing, which we still do, but a lot of the people who have been members have been members for a while. So we see how their business grows and we've been able to help them do that and grow with them and get to know what they're doing. And they stay in touch with us more than they would if we were just billing them once in a while for a project. How do you price your subscription service? We did it backwards, maybe. We started with a price. We decided, okay, let's make it $95 a month because it's really easy to make a subscription for a legal where it's 500 or 1,000 or 2,000, $3,000 a month. In fact, lawyers have been doing that for a while and it's called a retainer. So you can pay a lawyer on retainer for $3,000. So we worked backwards. What could we do for $95 a month for people? And then with that price, Then we said, okay, what can we offer? So the first thing we offered was just attorney phone calls. Let's have attorney phone calls be the first thing that people get and document reviews were added and see how many we get, see if that works. Luckily it did. We could have picked any number to start with, but we felt like $95. Once business owners see that, it's like a no brainer every business should be able to afford $95 a month to get legal advice or legal support or legal help. So for anybody listening who might be considering this, you can start with a price. You know, you can say, well, I want to target larger companies. So we're going to do one for $2,000 a month. That's fine. And then you just work backwards as to what you can fit in there. Or if you're turning a product, let's say if you're a wills and trusts attorney and you charge $5,000 to set up a trust or something, is there a way that maybe you could break that down into subscription payments so that that whole $5,000 is maybe paid over a year. I don't know if that works, but I think the answer to the pricing question will be different for everybody who does a subscription. How many different price points do you have? Just one. That's been one thing that we've done. We've done uh, $95 a month. And every now and then people will say to us, hey, you guys should add different levels. And we're like, we agree, but I've really wanted to just focus all our energy on this. But we can definitely see a higher price point where maybe we have additional services or faster services or a lower price point where maybe they get a limited number of calls. We can definitely see that. How much time do you
0: spend per month for subscribers that only pay $95?
1: It averages out where if you were to look at the hourly rate, it's pretty similar to what we'd be charging hourly because not everybody calls every month. And so that's one of the things from the beginning, I might have lawyers being like, well, how can you afford to work for someone for $95 a month? I went, well, when you aggregate hundreds of people together, Magic happens. So you, know, you start to have a situation where you're not going to get hundreds of phone calls a month from everybody. You're going to get some portion of that. Then there are others who didn't call when they need you. They can call you the next month. And we've had situations where we don't hear from them for three months, four months. But then when they do call us, we talk to them three or four times that month. It all evens out. I think if it didn't, we'd probably either raise the price or put a cap on the number of calls people could do. Is the price at all based on the experience of the lawyer? Yeah, generally it's based off of our hourly rate. So that's where we calculate things from and what we compare things to, like, is this better hourly or not? So we average out the firm's rates because my partner and I charge more than our associate, for instance. And so we look at it as a blended firm rate and then average against that.
0: In what instances do you offer an alternative fee structure over the subscription
1: model? The only other real offering that we do is our flat fee things. And so those work well with the subscription model. Let's say somebody needs a trademark registration or needs to set up a new company. That's something we do on a flat fee. So we can do that as a flat fee project. But then if they're like, hey, we just set up the company and I actually have a random question about hiring my first employee. Great. That's what the subscription is set up for. So a lot of people actually do both things. We've had a lot of people who come to us and they're like, hey, we want to just do the trademark registration for the flat fee. We saw your subscription when we want to do that. And then they'll join because they're like, now that we think about it, we have a ton of questions. We have a lot of things we want to know. What's the advantage for the firm? What it does is it creates predictable income. It's recurring revenue, so it's nice that every month we can have pretty reliable income. Then also, again, having that relationship with the client, being able to help them in a way that wasn't available before. We can actually do a better job. We can get to know our clients, and we don't have to worry necessarily about the administrative overhead of billing every time we pick up the telephone. With respect to the law firm economics... Which is more advantageous
0: for the firm, a subscription program or to bill by the hour, notwithstanding the fact that it may be inconsistent?
1: It's going to depend upon the firm. I think some law firms are going to be better at doing hourly billing because that's what people are paying for. But for us, it's the subscription model because hourly billing, again, you can only bill so much. You can only do so much in a day. You only have so many hours in a day. So what we wanted to do is almost pull away the value from the time but the time isn't always equivalent to the value and so the value is often when can we get to a person if we get to someone six months before a problem develops that's way more valuable than spending tons of hours fixing a problem
0: do you think that a subscription service is the right model for all types of legal or professional services
1: it's going to vary. There's going to be a spectrum for some legal and professional services. It'll be a great fit. And then for others, it's not going to be a great fit. I've had this conversation a number of times, and I still haven't figured out how something like litigation, where you have these unpredictable needs or unpredictable situations that can go on for a long time. I'm not really sure how well that would lend itself to a subscription model, but there are a lot of opportunities here. I think there's a lot of sectors of the legal industry or other professional services industries that could add actually set up a subscription and be successful. And it can also complement what they're doing. So there's no need to be like, okay, we're dropping hourly billing and just going subscription. You can combine the two.
0: How do you recommend that a lawyer or another professional develops a subscription around their services?
1: The first step is to take on the mindset of being an entrepreneur, developing a new offering. So what that's going to be is figure out one thing that maybe is recurring or that can be done over time. So there's recurring value or recurring interactions and see if there's a part of your practice that maybe would lend itself to subscription. So maybe if you're a wills and trusts lawyer, maybe you have something where quarterly people can pay you to have you review changes in their life that might mean changes in their will or something. I usually tell people, start small. Don't say, I have to change my whole law practice over, but start simply and then build. So if something's working, do more of it. If something isn't working or people aren't into it, do less of it. It's not going to work for everybody. And even if your area of law would lend itself to subscription, maybe not everybody wants to do that work that it would take to make everything work as a subscription practice. How do you see subscription-based legal
0: services evolving?
1: We're seeing a lot more law firms starting to develop them. I mean, in the past few years, I've seen more and more firms who are putting out legal subscriptions. So I think we're going to see more. I really like this. I think we're going to see law firm subscriptions at different price points for different needs different combinations and that's what i'm really excited about seeing how it becomes a more accepted thing and something that people aren't like wait this is weird or why would i ever do that or does it work i think we're past that point it's, it definitely works i think the question is how is it going to work for each law firm and i'm really excited to see how people will experiment with the model and take it to new places this is ari kaplan speaking with john tobin
0: a lawyer and the founder of council for creators which is a los angeles-based law firm That works with clients in the arts entertainment software development and other sectors and offers a legal subscription model to make the law accessible for small businesses
1: john thanks so much my pleasure thanks for having me
0: thank you for listening to the reinventing professionals podcast visit reinventingprofessionals.com
1: or rekaplanadvisors.com to learn more